we're off. It's the third episode, isn't it? And it still takes me, not by surprise, because we spoke about it just yeah. before I hit record, like just beforehand. But the Zoom lady telling you the meeting's being recorded is quite a thing. I'm a little bit upset that it doesn't come out on the actual recording. You missed yeah. it. I think that, if, if anything, we're about 14 seconds into this and I'm going to plug us for a call. I think if for any reason to book in for a consultation with either Charlie or myself, it's just to have a Zoom recording where the lady says this meeting's being recorded. Yeah. And that, that's as good as reason as any. So if you're, if you're slightly on the fence about you know, booking in for a consult, that should tell it. There you go. Book in so you can hear the Zoom lady. There you go. Anyway, hi. It's um, episode 22, I think it is. Look at that. We're in the dizzying heights. I'm starting to lose count. It's definitely not because I'm tired, because my kid was up until, you know, an hour ago from last night. It's horrendous. It's a bit of an exaggeration, but you get the idea. Um, I did have a really, really good topic to talk about today, and then I completely forgot what it was, which made for an interesting pre-show discussion and really interesting, like, sort of chat about what we're going to talk about. So instead of the really interesting topic that I forgot about, what we're going to talk about is on the tail end of a conversation I had yesterday and also something that we spoke about just a couple episodes ago. We kind of skimmed off the sides of it. Um, and it's literally down to overcomplicating weight loss and weight gain for that matter, um, which is everybody overcomplicates it. Everybody. I've not met a single person that understands its simplicity and then sticks to that simplicity. Um, and it's simply, to like to tail on the, the start of this, it is just calorie balance. Calories in versus calories out will determine weight loss or weight gain or weight maintenance. That's it. There are no exceptions. And the conversation I had yesterday was around exceptions, which, which don't exist. But the exceptions being like high cortisone levels, PCOS, various different like um, medical diagnoses and whatever else have you. Things like that that would make it harder, but the underlying principle remains the same. So I figured that we'd, we'd go a little bit more into detail on that today because like I said, we skimmed past it the other day. I had a fairly in-depth, fairly interesting conversation around it yesterday. Um, the interesting was the other person's argument, which whatever way you spun it was wrong. Yeah. Their argument was, you know, calorie balance doesn't matter. Um, sometimes not eating enough calories can make you put on weight, which is fundamentally wrong. But it was interesting how they put their point across. So... I think probably this is, as I said just before, I think this is going to be more of a you-led podcast than a me-led podcast, being as I lift heavy shit and teach people to lift heavy shit, whereas you're the actual sciencey one that deals with weight loss and weight gain and food and such. So, and I'm not, I can't lift heavy shit. Vinny told us that a couple of weeks ago, I'm much strong. So heavy shit was Ooh. never going to be for me because <laughs> a Neanderthal told me. Mentally, you're double hard. So like you're, you're really strong. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I mean, you had, to, you had to be pretty strong to pull off that lockdown barnet you had. That True. Was That's pure resilience, mate. Physically, weak as piss. Bridge. Yeah. Well, I've done what everyone did in lockdown one, where everyone shaved their heads. Mm. So, you know, give yourself a little bit of credit. You're, you're, strong, but, you're stronger than you think. But physically, yeah. Oh, physically, like, pissed, yeah. Like a goldfish with spina bifida, mate. Like nothing. <laughs> Genuinely nothing. Um, I now want to see what a goldfish's gym looks like. Well, they don't have one, mate. It's why they're weak as piss. That's a real shame, isn't it? Like magic harp. Imagine how big they'd be. Fucking massive. They'd be so. Sorry, just, just, there was a fly on my whip. And my webcam, gone back to the 90s on my camera. Um, I'm just I just, Googling Nemo on roids now to see what. Nemo on roids. 
geared up Nemo. There are <laughs> pictures as well. Brilliant. There was, um, I want to say Joe Rogan, because it's always Joe Rogan, but there was Joe Rogan podcast I listened to. I can't remember who his guest was, but they were talking about strength training. And it was quite interesting. And then somehow they got on the topic of silverback gorillas, which are allegedly the strongest animal in the, like, in the world, basically. Um, however, they've got no access to strength training equipment or like ideals or supplements or anything like that. And the, the conversation went down a really dark hole of, can you imagine if you could harness a gorilla and make it train? Like, imagine it. <laughs> it would be fucking horrific. Yeah, I've seen Planet of the Apes, mate, so I don't need that. I know, I know what happens. But Caesar was armed. Like, just imagine a fucking hench gorilla. I mean, they're pretty hench anyway. Mm. Imagine a gorilla got hold of Tren. I love how you didn't go for, like, a gorilla got hold of periodization or proper <laughs> technique. Yeah, it's straight on Tren. Straight on Tren. Just that, sums, that sums up the strength industry. You epitomise strength yeah. industry. I mean, the only reason I went for Tren is because the gorilla's probably going to be stronger than me and is therefore on steroids. That's the only plausible explanation for it. If you saw him on Instagram, you were allowed to come in and say, yes, steroids. Tren, cheated. 100%. Because I'm clean, I don't take gear. And therefore, anyone stronger than me is on gear. Yeah. 100%. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, back to the topic of the podcast, which wasn't gorillas on roids, as far as I remember. Um, mm. Calorie deficits. Interesting, the arguments, particularly the PCOS one. Because I have someone from your gym that is losing weight that has PCOS. Therefore, showing that you can do it. I've had quite a few athletes. I've got a couple of other books at the minute. I've had like international women's rugby athletes with PCOS that have lost weight. It is definitely feasible. And they all did it with a calorie deficit, with no other magic. Um, cortisol, there's no real reason why high cortisol would affect fat loss anyway. Weight loss, it would. So high cortisol, like in like Cushing's disease, things like that, leads to a lot of water retention. So if you had high cortisol, in theory, you could retain more water, which would show up on the scales and would mask fat loss. The other thing is that high cortisol generally comes from psychological stress. That affects different appetite hormones. That affects our psychological drive to eat. So chances are you just won't be in a calorie deficit because you're stressed out your mind and eating a shit ton of food. Um, yeah, energy balance doesn't change things. With PCOS, it can change the energy expenditure, which I think we spoke about last week. Didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, we didn't really sort of delve into it so much. So, yeah, so it reduces your basal metabolic rate, which is the amount of calories that you need to just be, just to survive. And therefore, your energy expenditure is lower. And calorie, you still need a calorie deficit. That calorie deficit is probably smaller. But it's just, you've got, it's got to be a smaller energy intake to create that deficit. Um, and when you combine that with PCOS, generally causing an increased drive to eat, an increased hunger, um, less fullness between the two of them that makes it really difficult because you need a bigger deficit your body's telling you to actually not be in a deficit because you're fucking hungry that's why people with pcos on the whole struggle a little bit um but yeah there were no conditions really where a calorie deficit would not lead to a loss of body fat the point that you made about not eating enough calories causing in fact a gain in body mass is shy However, if someone doesn't eat many calories, that will generally lead to a lack of adherence to their diet in the long run. So if you eat fuck all for a week, then chances are you're going to go and 
eat 15,000 calories a day. And go, mm, yeah, just didn't eat enough in the end. So people forget that if you don't eat many calories, how does that affect both ends of the energy balance thing? So if you eat less calories, one, your body's pushing you to go and eat more calories. So you, in the end, you probably will eat more calories at some point if you went really low calorie. Um, so there's a hormone called leptin, which is released by our fat cells. And it tells our brain, A, how much energy we've had in the short term, and B, how much body fat we've got. And if you don't give it much energy in the short term, it'll tell your brain you haven't had much energy in the short term and therefore will drive you to eat. So if you go really low calorie, then obviously your brain's like, fuck, we're starving and will drive you to eat. And that's what hunger is on the long on like a wider scale. The other thing is that you move less because you're not, because you're not eating anything. Therefore, your energy expenditure goes down because you're more likely to like take the lift rather than the stairs or park closer to the shop or not go, not get off a sofa and shit like that. So it's still energy balance. It's just not eating much will affect what energy balance looks like. Yeah. So on that, I read a um, quite an interesting journal. Not journal. Didn't read the whole journal. That'd be ridiculous. I read quite an interesting study the other week on that. And it was as part of a bit of research I did on the strength versus size talk I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just basically around trying to change, trying to change physiologically. So in this case, we're trying to get smaller, lose body fat, or in the other cases, try and get bigger by gaining some muscle mass. It's actually really fucking hard to do. Like I say, your body wants to kind of stay within a point. Your body wants to basically stay within homeostasis. It's just stay as is. So you mentioned your BMR, so your base metabolic rate, is just where your body wants to be. How many calories you need to be you. That's it. And that's without going anywhere else. So getting under that, it's fairly simple. It's not fun. Like... I'm not saying it's easy to do, but it's simple in its principles. Mm. It's probably the best way of putting it, if that makes sense. I think people that just go like, yeah. it's easy, just cut your calories down. Like, no. Definitely the main Simple. Thing. Yeah, simple and easy aren't the same. Yeah, no, absolutely not. It's, it's incredibly simple to do, but it's difficult to adhere to. I think it's probably the, the sort of summary with that one. Yeah. Um, and the same as the, sort of the flip side. If we go on to the other side of this, you've got people, that, people from my gym that are trying to put size on. They're trying to build muscle and get heavier and get stronger and all that sort of stuff. Um, that happens a lot harder or a lot slower than weight loss, by and large. So like yeah. weight, if you're trying to lose weight, typically it's fat loss or like mm-hmm. muscle atrophy, which can happen quite quickly. Yeah. If you're trying to put muscle mass on, it's really fucking difficult. Mm-hmm. Really difficult. And you're talking, you're probably not going to do that in like a lean bulk, as people like to call it. You're just going to throw size on and hope for the best. It's kind of that. You're just mushing down calories in a massive surplus within reason. Yeah. Then kind of get bigger, put the size on, get stronger, try and fill out your muscles. And then if your goal is to then lean down again, great. But my point is if you're trying to put size on, understand that all the size you're putting on probably isn't going to be all lean. You're definitely Mm. putting some body fat on 100%. Whereas the other way around, you can think you can control to a point how much body mass you lose when you're trying to lose weight you can focus a lot more on burning fat than muscle than you can of trying to build muscle does that make sense yeah so that was kind of the other side of the argument that we had the argument the discussion we had yesterday was one the underlying principles are the same and it is incredibly simple but i think that was misconstrued as me saying it's easy let's get on with it um, but I think then it, it lies into priorities because the, the, the kind of the, the, um, the comeback they had was like, if it's that simple, like, why haven't you got an eight pack? 
Like, well, my priority isn't getting an eight pack. My priority isn't really lose weight. It's down to a medical thing now. Looking, I'm staring down the barrel of a spinal operation. I could probably do with stripping a bit of timber to take the pressure off that. Yep. So that's it now. That's personally. But yep. my priority's never been get an eight pack and look fucking great on a beach. But I don't care what I look like on the beach. I haven't got to look at me. So it's not my priority. No. So it comes down to that. And then there's an element of psychology in the back of it. So this is one of those, this is like a chain conversation we can keep building onto. <laughs> but losing or gaining weight, the psychology behind it is quite interesting. And again, this yeah. is, again, this is de- I'll say probably, this is definitely more of a you topic than it is a me topic. But like, psychology papers fuck me up. I don't have the psychology like bit in the back of my head that understands it. I'm not there. But it is really interesting. You start talking to people about their journey, inverted commas, about where they've been and where they're going and what they want to do and stuff. And it is down to priorities. If your priority isn't lose weight, but you feel like you should lose weight, you're never going to fucking do it. Well, certainly if you did do it, you're not going to maintain it. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting one. I think, go back one, the genetics thing is really interesting. So like, for example, if you're all at the same, we wouldn't all have an eight pack, even if you had the same calories. Because genetically, people will respond differently to that. They'll be able to take their body to a certain point with that. There's differences in fat storage, for example. There's all these different factors which are affected by genetics. The other thing, when you mentioned changes in tissue, with our body, it will really protect against our body fat going too low, which is that sort of, oh my God, we're starving, we're going to eat. What it doesn't do, and part of the reason, only part of the reason we have an obesity crisis, is it doesn't defend the other way. So if you go really fat, that's never, from an evolutionary perspective, wouldn't happen if we didn't have enough food and we moved all the time. So our body doesn't try and stop that because it's never seen it before. That's why, one of the reasons why people get obese. And when you combine the fact that your body doesn't really try and bring your food intake down with having an environment that encourages you to eat lots of food, that's why people get obese. Or two of the main reasons that people get obese. Um, So yeah, you can... Because every time you get high calorie food, your body's like, yes, food, which it did when we were like our ancestors, otherwise you die. You're like, oh, mammoth, and then kill it and then eat it. Um, and then with muscle mass, that's a completely different argument. Muscle mass takes a lot of work and time, like you said. The actual surplus that you need to build tissue isn't massive. So if you go past 200, 300 calories in the light of a surplus, so say you had a 300 calorie surplus, any more than that, you're probably not going to contribute more lean tissue part of the issue is that people don't generally get to that point with surplus they don't give themselves enough time because they go oh my god i'm putting fat on or they physically can't hit surplus because they're hard gainers and when you dig into hard gainers what they're trying to do is eat 3,000 calories in chicken broccoli rice and like, i can't believe that i just i just don't have the appetite for it yeah eat about chocolate mate like have you heard of ice cream eat some like do the principles that we always do like so i've got a guy at the moment that i work with it's pretty much this and his diet was just like like the amount of volume huge amount of volume of food not many calories it looked like someone that was dieting and so everything that we do when you're trying to lose weight you do the opposite if you're trying to gain weight so you're getting a fruit and veggie but then you're not trying to cram those diet foods in like, if I was trying to gain weight, I would not go anywhere fucking near a fibre one bar or a 10-calorie jelly. Like, you wouldn't fucking... I wouldn't even say the words. You like Why would you? Yeah. I know you love them. That's why I always bring them up, so I can slag them off more. Vile. I think they're great. Um, but you'd have, like, 30 of them. 
Yeah. And then, like, you've got other issues then because you're eating, like, really bad at least... Really jellies. You're eating at least 15 of them on the toilet, mate. Because once you get to that, <laughs> that level of artificial tweeting, you're like, yeah, fuck, this is not good. <laughs> but, like, people do that and they're trying to, like, oh, I'm trying to gain weight but healthily. Well, being healthy would be having a chocolate bar. You've ticked off protein, you've ticked off fruit and veg, you've got a variety of foods in, now just eat some calories. And that's something that I really had to work hard with some athletes who, like, borderline orthorexia, everything's got to be clean food. But instead, you should, like, just eat some food. Um, yeah. And I can't remember what else we got onto then. Oh, we were going to talk about the psychology, weren't we? Sorry, there's a, there's a whole lot of crashing and banging in the background. There's, there's someone trying to get the log out, which is hidden in the back corner of the gym. And to get that, he's moved a yoke, an assault bike, a sandbag, and a rowing machine, which have no business being in the gym, to be fair, to get a yoke, to get a log out. He's done well. He's done well. So, yeah, all the crashing and banging in the background was just the log was hidden. That's going to sound like a, a euphemism for examining the shit. He wants yeah, the log was hidden. He had to move everything to a <laughs> Yeah, the sandbag up there, rowing machine, it was horrendous. I don't know what he ate for dinner. But he's no, got he's his put, out and he's got a big smile on his face, so it's all good. Put a log in the corner, he's happy now. <laughs> <laughs> Only thing is, when we finish school, I'm going to clean that up. Your gym, mate. Oh, my gym, I know. Um, <laughs> anyway, the psychology. Let's go back to that. Yes. Psychology of logging. <laughs> Pretty sure that's just like a Scandinavian pastime, isn't it? Logging. <laughs> Might be, yeah. It's... Um, yeah, I think that's how IKEA get all their furniture. They just get the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the sort of the, the roaming loggers just go and cut yep. down trees. We're very well off target here. Let's get back. Yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, basically, again, it comes down to, and more often than that, do your values align with the stuff that you're trying to do? So, again, your example of trying to get an eight pack, waste of time. My example, like for me at the moment, and there are times where, like, I'll try and drop a bit of body fat because it's probably in my interest to do so. That's either because I want to look a certain way or sometimes really don't focus on my energy intake at all. I'll eat enough nutrients but don't care about the energy intake and then my body fat will get to a point where it's like, actually, I don't feel good day to day or I don't train that well. I'm going to drop it back a little bit because I've been focusing on work so much that food has been the last thing on my mind. I'll get enough protein, the fruit and veg and everything else out of the window. Or I've been socialising a lot and I like a beer or 50 and a pizza. So well, there will be times... pizza, but you had to go at me for 30, 10 cow jellies. Which one would you rather pick then? Beer or pizza, 100%. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, honestly, when we come to the pub in September, you can do yours and I'll do mine. And we'll see I'm, who's happiest. I'm just looking forward to this. I'm yeah. really looking forward to this. So I'm going to... Here's a brief interlude. So in September, we are hosting a strongman competition. Not we as in like Charlie and I, but we as in Redbeard. Charlie's turning up, so that's the only reason to come and watch, to be fair, because you get to see his beautiful face in the actual flesh. You can like touch him. More than <laughs> We have agreed to that. Find the pint, because he's just said he can drink 50 of them. So there you go. That's the thing. So... We're doing also, that. Don't, don't attend because he's driving and you don't want to be caught in that afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you are playing, just make sure you leave well before him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's on the 11th of September at the Jolly Gardener in Hollyport. We're having it in a pub car park because it's fucking... Um, we did have grand sights on setting it in somewhere much better and bigger, but council politics got involved and <laughs> we ended up at the local, council, at the local pub car park. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. 
So there's a strongman yeah. competition. There'll be some other bits and pieces going on. It should be a good day. But best of all, you're at a pub. So I think winners at the end of the day in that one. It's cool. And also, the guy that's trying to get the log out, you'll see him trying to get the log out again on the day. It's the first. Nice. There you go. Come and watch a man have a shit live. Come watch a man have a shit in a pub car park. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's the advert for all future red beard competitions. Yeah. That's it. On the topic of competitions, I think... I forgot the date of my own competition. I want to say the 14th of August. I want to say that as well. It's on bars. So if you're a weightlifter, you'll know what bars is. If you're not a weightlifter, then don't matter. But we've got a weightlifting competition through British Weightlifting happening in Ascot. I think it's on the 14th of August. I might be wrong, but go on. It is. Date, you think. 14th. It, I know that because I know my clients and I know one client's in that and I know the dates for my clients. There you go. 14th. Thank you very much. I've got about eight of my members competing in that, and I'm hosting the competition. And I have to think you still don't know. See, there's the difference. I've got a kid. You haven't. Your brain's working on full capacity. Mine's at about three percent. And all I'm thinking of now is Hartley's ten calorie jellies and sleep. That's it. Um, but yeah, 14th of August is a weightlifting competition. There are still spaces. So if you are a weightlifter and you fancy competing, should be a good crack. Charlie won't be at that one. I will be, which is less of a reason to turn up. But, still a reason. It's still a reason, absolutely. But more to the point, you can throw a bar around and the man, the myth, the legend that is Eddie Halstead, the competition ref from British Weightlifting will be there and he's fucking brilliant. So you're going to want to come and meet him. But that's the thing. Anyway, we digress. That's my little plug for things. Um, we were talking about psychology and weight loss and priorities and what did we get? That was it, yeah. So if you try and change something that you don't prioritise, then it doesn't end well. Um, because your life has values and a purpose that's one thing and if you're trying to do something else just because everyone says you should then it doesn't generally end very well um, so like I've got one guy at the moment who like his main change this week was to go and find three hobbies that he used to enjoy and do them because actually we were looking at stress management and one of the ways we want to manage his stress is to it so at the moment his life like with work and stuff was crap didn't have anything else that he was doing, wasn't enjoying it. And so actually we've brought back things that he enjoyed. And then when he's stressed at work, as well as the coping ways of managing stress, he's actually done, actually, I've got quite a bit of stress, but my life now, I can afford to eat really well, train really well, got all these different hobbies, I do this with my son, etc. That now contextualizes the stress and go, oh, well, I've got the stress from work, but it's actually worth it because my life now looks like something that I'm willing to stress to have. Whereas before life is a bit bleak and then you've got the stress as well like what the fuck's the point then um so yeah i think first and foremost it does have to align with the things that you value and then you've got to find an easy way to create a deficit which is like the nutrition side of things the easy bit the actual food bit behavior bit's the harder bit um it's a whole the behavioral change thing's interesting because it's one of the things i think everyone's got the capacity to do but that's fucking hard graph because you get set in your ways. Mm. Everyone's a creature of habit. Like everyone, regardless of what they say. If you like, if you go on like a first aid course and it's a two day thing, I'm saying this is quite topical for me at the moment. I've got to redo my first aid, which is fucking great. But like you go to a two day thing and you all sit at tables. You sit on the first day, no matter where you sit, you pick a seat. The second day, everyone goes back to the same seat. And it's fine because that's just a thing. But if, someone, if you went back to the next day and someone sat in the seat you were sat in yesterday, You'd like low key have the ump about that. So, like, that's just one example of things. But 
the psychology around those habits is really interesting because we're all habit forming creatures and breaking those is really difficult. Like hark back to when the school was down like the seating arrangements thing. But when you change years and you went to the same classroom, but you're in a different seat, it fucked you up because you spent the last year sitting in seat one and you're now in seat 12. And it's, yeah. you know what I mean? So that whole thing, it's difficult to adjust. And that's a seating thing. That's not that difficult. You just sit down and get on with it. But when that comes to more deep seated stuff, deep seated, so I did there. When it comes to more deep seated stuff, like what you eat and how you train and when you get up in the morning and all that kind of stuff, it becomes a lot harder to train and to, to, to change is because that's a lot more important than where you sat in a class. Do you know what I mean? And it's a lot more that fits into your world. You know, you get home, whatever time you get home, you throw whatever's in the freezer, in the oven, you cook that up, you eat it, you go to bed. And like throughout the day, you pass the shell. So you nip in there and get a Jamie Oliver sandwich and that's your lunch. And you do all that kind of stuff. Trying to change those habits is really fucking difficult. I think that's where most people fall down. And it's, we've definitely spoken about this before, but I do it with my clients to call them BAM goals. BAM, like bare ass minimum. Like what's the absolute minimum you can do to go towards this thing? And we've had these chats personally working together before. And like, we've definitely covered it off on these podcasts, but just hit the absolute bare minimum for like a week and then throw a little bit more in there. Like the, what's the minimum you can add to that minimum? All these little bits. And it just goes back to that point we make time and time again, where it's like something's better than nothing. And like that something is as close to, that something's closer to perfection than nothing is. So like do a thing so like that might just be set a couple of hours aside on the sunday to batch a load of stuff i'll put it in tupperwares and then that's your lunch for the week so you don't stop at the shelter by lunch you take lunch from home and then you get into the habit of doing that for a month and then like next month you throw in something else so yeah that that's perfect for people that want to change but are really struggling yeah the other per the other type of person you'll get is someone who's waited for ages and now change feels really right and now they've got like loads of time and they're super motivated and for that person like they've got more capacity and we spoke about capacity for change a lot you can throw more on then like if you've got more space for change throw more on but understand that every week won't feel like that so at the start when we're all super motivated do more like do better if you want but you need those basics to go back to if it goes to shit yeah so like Week one and two, you're super motivated. Loads of time, I'm off work. Suddenly, week three, don't sleep. Back at work, feel a bit shit. You're not going to be able to do what you were doing in week one and two, which is fine, but you have to have something to fall back on. It can't be like two weeks of perfection and then one week of shit. It's got to be two weeks of perfection and one week of, yeah, bare minimum. That's fine. So at some point, you've got to have what is the, the minimum I can do and then what, and week by week, it can look different to some people. It might be three weeks of the bare minimum or three weeks of even maintenance, and then one week of really good, where in that one week of good, you actually make two weeks worth of progress. But because you've had three weeks of maintenance, not three weeks of fuck it, those two weeks of progress really matter. Whereas before, you'd still be a week behind, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Nice. Cool, man. I think that about tells us in. We'll just about yeah. five minutes, half hour in. If we, start, if we touch on anything else, then we'll both overrun for our next thing which is not yep. good for anybody. Um, yep. Also, you've spoken for like half an hour. That's probably enough of us for anyone for a week. We'll end up, we'll end, we'll end up on horses and books again. <laughs> a back of dressage. Yeah. And other such things. Could be anything. Could be anything. We can get back. No one is safe. I might. 
I might on the day just have like, I might just pitch you in the competition between events and just have you as like some sort of compare. And we could just like, just have people throw random questions at you. <gasps> we could do the It Depends game live. Yeah, okay. That could definitely be a thing. And we're at the pub, so drinks. And then you've got your 50 pints as well as like wherever people are going to get us to drink. As well? Yeah, fuck it, why not? Because you've got 50 pints, but the spirits don't count because they're very small. So yeah, but... 50 pints and about 10 or 12 like whiskeys, you're golden. That's great at the start, but my only question is who carries on the fine work I've done when I die there and then? Ah, you'll be fine. Oh, okay. That's all right. You'll be fine. That's what your livers are for, isn't it? Livers are for, like you've got more than one liver. Oh, yeah, well, both of mine are functioning full capacity. <laughs> <laughs> both my livers are great. It'll my- be me and my oh. team of livers. <laughs> team of my fleet. I've got a fleet <laughs> of kidneys. Yeah, what would the collective of livers be? Answers on a postcard. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Answers in the comments below. What would a collection of livers be? A collective noun for a a group of livers. Butchers of livers, I reckon. Butchers of livers. That's not a bad one, that. Mm. I haven't got one to throw in. I'm sticking with a fleet of kidneys. I reckon that's good. That'd be good. Or an awful. An awful. An awful awful of livers. (laughs) Sweet bread of livers. Nice. Right, on that, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop this. So briefly, we're gonna just talk about our shit and what we do and we're gonna sell things to you. So switch off now if you're not interested. Um I do stuff that involves teaching people to pick up heavy stuff, and that's for Olympic lifting, powerlifting, and strongman. Um quite good at that. I'm shit at everything else. So if you want to get better at that, I'm your man. Charlie is the one over here. He does nutrition stuff. Um, and he's very good at nutrition stuff. He's also pretty good at psychology stuff. So if you are trying to lose weight or trying to put on weight or trying to just optimize your food and nutrition for sport, he's your man. How you get hold of us? You'll find me on Instagram at Redbeard Barbell Club. You'll find him at CB Nutrition underscore. Um, you'll also find us live on the 11th of September at the Jolly Gardener in Hollyport where there is a strongman competition going on. But more importantly, Charlie will be drinking 50 pints with his fleet of kidneys and his, his awful of liver. There you go. There you go. Smashed it. Nice. That was a really good summary. I'm going to leave it there. Cheers, dude. I will see you next time.